Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Hello everybody, it's your girl, Sonia McQueen with Your Mind, Your Body, Your Choice. This podcast today has been in the making for two days now. The last two podcasts that I created or I I was talking, I created an entire podcast and in the midst of me speaking, it hit me exactly what I was supposed to be talking about. So I had to start all over again. The same with this podcast today. I did a podcast yesterday, which was Wednesday, and um, I just, I don't know, I didn't feel really passionate about it. And even though I thought I was led to speak about what I was speaking about, I didn't feel passionate, so I didn't release it. But this I I absolutely know this is what I'm supposed to be speaking about today. And the topic is your priority versus their option. What do I mean by that? Glad you asked. Okay, so you have, every child has two parents, a mom and a dad, every child. I don't care where you came from. I don't care who you're with now. adopted or whatever when you were born it took a man and a woman to make you all of us so what I'm seeing more and more every day and I was inboxed about this and I got a phone call about it is when a child or children are a priority for one parent and an option for the other I'm gonna give you another example okay you have Bob and Jean. Bob and Jean have one child. Bob and Jean were never married, so this one child lives with their mother, Jean. Mama Jean has to get up in the morning, get the child together, get the baby bag together, get herself together, drive, drop the baby off at daycare, get to work. If anything happens with that baby while she's at work, she gets the phone call. She's got to leave work, go pick up the child, take the child to the doctor's office, or take the child home and be off of work the rest of the day, sometimes with no pay unless you're salaried. She feeds that child at night, bathes that child, reads to that child, kisses on that child, and goes to sleep. Come Saturday, Jean wants to go get her nails done. So what does she do? She calls the dad and says, hey, can you babysit? <laughs> babysit your child I'm asking you to babysit your child so one of the messages I received was about um, a guy so it's not just the genes who have the 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 custody and you know sometimes they don't go through court it's just who the child lives with but this is a man who he has to call his children's mother plural to come see them. Hey, the kids miss you. They haven't seen you in a month. You think you can come get them this weekend? He said, no pressure. He don't ask her for no money or anything. She's just absent. And then she'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But she makes the men that are in her life at the time her priority, not her kids. They are her option. She'll babysit them sometimes. She'll deal with them and God forbid 
She pick him up on Friday and she's supposed to drop him off on Sunday and he's not home Sunday when she gets ready to drop him off. There's going to be some pressure. That's a problem because it's her option. It's his priority. He's the one making sure they have their school clothes, doing homework every night, making sure they're clean, their hair's cut, their hair's combed. He's the one providing, spending that quality parenting time. He said he can't even date because he has a fear of women coming around and his kids getting attached to them and then the mom acting a fool because we know that's true too. Case in point, let me give you another example and it's a real one. This guy and this woman, they're together. They have a baby. They've just been doing their thing. They're not in a real, real committed relationship, but you know, they go out every once in a while, but most of their time is spent in the house, in the bedroom. That's just the way it is. She gets pregnant. He's like, oh man, dang, I messed up. All right. She has the baby. They're not together at all now because he feels this pressure and he didn't really want to be committed to her like that. This is a real story. This is a real, real story I'm telling you. He didn't want to be with her like that, but now I'm looped into this relationship because I've got to be there for my child. I got to deal with her for the next 18 years and I definitely didn't want that. So now he's dealing with her, but not on a sexual tip, just, hey, I'm coming to get our son. Hey, I'm going to spend time with our son. He's calling her or she's just dropping the son off and disappearing. When she disappears, he don't even call her, he said. He can have that child, his son, for weeks and he said he feels this way. It's his child. If he's got him for weeks or months or years, whatever, it's his responsibility. There was no problem with this until he met somebody else. He met somebody else, gloves are off. Now she's just showing up at their house. Now she's picking on the girlfriend, telling her stuff. Oh, you know, he called me yesterday, starting trouble, dropping the child off, not coming back. It was never a problem before, but now she's calling, saying, hey, they won't give me back my child. So now she's getting the police involved. These are real stories, all because he's in a happy, committed relationship now. She's doing everything she can to interfere. But guess what? That child is really an option to her. Because as a mom, and a mom that was a single mom for a while, I don't play games with my kids. When you start playing those kind of games with your kids, you really don't love your child the way a parent is supposed to love their child. Your child is more of leverage for you. You're going to show him or her by, I'm going to just leave that child there. I'm not going to bring no clothes, no this, no that. That's not love. When you have a child, it's called agape. If you don't know what agape love is, it's unconditional love. Most parents I know love their kids unconditionally. But these stories I've been he hearing lately, everybody does not need to have a womb that works. <laughs> and every man doesn't need to have sperm that produces. That's a true story. Because when your child becomes an option and not a priority, 
your parenting is in question. Now some people, they grow up being an option. So they go out of their way to make sure their kids are a priority. But some don't have it like that. They don't know any better. They don't try to do any better. They were an option, so now their kids are an option. I'm going to give you guys a couple of scenarios because it seems like that's what I'm doing today. I have a friend. Well, she used to be a friend. Um, I haven't been in contact with her since I moved to Florida. But she would purposely get pregnant, go out of her way to get pregnant by men who had money. And I think I've told you guys this story before because she didn't want to work. So she would get pregnant by that lawyer, get pregnant by that doctor, get pregnant by this person who makes money just so she didn't have to work. And when I tell y'all, I was working my butt off. Her car was nice. She drove a Mercedes. Her home was gorgeous, gorgeous home. Kept her hair done, her nails done, stayed fly off the backs of three men who all she wanted to do was get pregnant by so she could get child support and money from it. When you're getting a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars child support from three different men and it's covering all your bills and taking care of stuff but the only reason you had that child was to line your own pockets chances are that child's really not a priority to you. Just getting that money and making a living off the backs of somebody else was your priority. Last week I told you guys or two weeks ago about this other young lady I, I knew or I know um, who got pregnant, blamed this one guy that she was dealing with. He didn't really question it but he didn't want to be in a relationship with her. She went and filed child support, put his name on the birth certificate. He was paying $800 a month to start off. Now, I knew her, and we used to talk when she had a baby. And I knew her until her child was two, and then I moved from the state I lived in. Um, and we didn't really keep contact too much after that. But she did tell me when that child turned 18, she told that man, by the way, that wasn't your child. And thank you for the money. When we use our children as leverage, when we have children just to hurt somebody else or use somebody else or trap somebody else, which is going to be my next story, you're dead wrong. You're dead wrong. And I am not judging. I'm not pointing fingers because I've done my own wrong things. I don't live in a glass house and throw stones because somebody else is doing something wrong. But we're talking about children. I have three children. I've never made you know, any excuses for having three kids by three different men, but never once did I think, huh, how can I get money out of this dude? I'ma have a baby, huh? How can I make him be in a relationship with me and get stuck with me? Let me get pregnant. It wasn't on my mind. Now, I understand loneliness. I understand people just want to be loved. And somebody has showed you a little love now and you don't ever want to let it go. 
So you feel like you're doing what you have to do to hold on to who you need to hold on to. But then it doesn't work out in your favor. You cannot exploit children to either hurt, trap, or gain financially or any other thing from somebody who doesn't want to be trapped financially responsible or a mama or a daddy and connected to you you can't do that it's unfair not only is it unfair to that person but more it's unfair to that child because now I want you to think about what it looks like when you're that mom or dad gonna show that other parent by dropping that child off and disappearing think about that child now take take your feelings and what you're thinking about that man or woman out of the way and think about what that child is going through right now when you had a child just for money and you live in this life because you feel like you've hit the jackpot yeah I done had a baby by this model and uh, he paying me five, six, seven thousand dollars a month. Okay, now another one. He paying me now another one. He paying me because sometimes those other parents don't want to be in that child's life. They know what you are. They know what they've done. They see what they've gotten themselves into, and they want nothing to do with you. So they take it out on that child. You didn't think about that. Now that child is longing and yearning for that other parent. It's not always like that, I'm sure. But the female I know, the friend I had, it was like that for all her kids. Those men wanted nothing to do with her, so they had nothing to do with those kids. Three kids, three fathers, all absent. And not that it matters, I do wanna say, all three of her kids and she, they're Caucasian, but she was into African-American men. She wanted to have the babies because <laughs> the African-American guys she was into, they're, on, they're, they're more thuggish. That's what she wanted. But if you know like I know, those thug guys aren't gonna play that game with her. So she would be with them, protected, but get with the other guys just to have babies. But she didn't think about after the first one man he don't want nothing to do with his child so let me straighten up no she did it again and then she did it again so she consciously had three kids with no fathers in their lives and I, I, I asked her about it once you know if you know me I'm gonna ask a question you don't have to answer you don't have to answer. You can tell me none of my business or just, you know, look at me and go off. It doesn't matter, but I'm going to ask if I want to know. And she just told me I didn't want to work. It was important to me to get money, and that's how I'm going to get my money. So I asked her before, does she, like, line that up any kind of way, like with prostitution? Because what you're doing is you're giving up your body for money. That's what you're doing. She laughed. This is, you know, decades ago. But she laughed and said, no, I never thought about it like that. But I did. Um, so it, it's just crazy the way 
people utilize their kids? Are your kids your priority or are they your option? Now, my second son, it's gonna seem like it was for my own benefit. I don't know, maybe it was, maybe it was, but you know, I gave him up for adoption and I really blame somebody else for what I went through in order for me to make that decision to give up my child for adoption. But in actuality, it was all my fault. All my fault. You know, I I went to go live with a friend in a different state, thinking everything was gonna be roses and peaches and cream. And it wasn't, from the second I got there, it wasn't. I didn't have any money saved. I already had a child. You know, I didn't tell his father anything. Uh, my oldest daughter's father, you know, he, he was a major part of our life as a friend and he lived somewhere else. I didn't give him my burdens. I reached out to my family. They didn't want my burdens. And I made the decision to give him up. Now, I could have possibly talked to people in the hospital and gave them my scenario. Listen, when I leave this hospital with this newborn and I have a two-year-old, I have nowhere to go. I have nothing. I have no job. I have no car. I have no shelter. I have nothing. And maybe they could have gave me resources. I didn't think about that at the time. I didn't think about what I was going through or, I'm sorry, what I could be putting a child through. I didn't think about any of those things. What I did think about, however, was how my friend wronged me, how when I got out of the hospital, I was gonna get her, I was gonna get her friend, and no matter what, if I ended up in jail, so be it. It just didn't matter, but I didn't think outside the normal, um, woe is me mode. Thank God everything turned out great. My son was adopted by two awesome people and had awesome family, um, sisters. And now we have a great relationship. As a matter of fact, he's here now visiting. But the point is, I was selfish with my thoughts pretty much. Now back then I was, I was 23. I was 23. So I didn't understand that I was being selfish. I actually felt sorry for myself. Um, Self-pity is what I had. That's what I mean by living in a glass house, not throwing stones, because once again, I'm not judging. What I'm saying is people go through things such as having children and then holding those children as ransom. Holding those children as options, taking those kids and not really being concerned and a loving parent. Um, we have the parents who are friends, they are not concerned. And people might disagree, but you're not. If you're getting high with your kids, you're drinking with your kids, you're allowing your kids to have sex in the house and bring their friends over and party all the time and you're not um, ensuring they're going to school for education and doing the right thing and punishing them when they need to be punished, whatever punishment looks like to you, you're not doing your kid any favors.
you're not. Eventually that child is going to regret the fact they did not have a real parent. I promise you that's true. I'm going to tell you one more story and it looks like today won't be an hour long session. But I'm writing this book. I'm not going to say the name of it because there's one person every time I'm doing something, they make sure to do the same thing. And the reason they do it is because they want to outdo me. Not because that's really where they feel led. Anything I do, if somebody feels led to do it and they do better, I applaud them. I'm proud of them and that's a true story. But when you do things just to say, uh-huh, see, look, I did better than you, your motives are wrong. So anyway, with me saying that, I'm not going to say the name of the book. But one of the chapters, and this is a true story, there's a minister in Kansas City that I interviewed and... Um, when he was a young boy, his brother was a big-time drug dealer, and his mom was on crack, and she was prostituting herself. So he seen this as a 8, 9, 10, 11-year-old boy, and then his brother was murdered on the streets of Kansas City. And he quickly had to grow up because he had no parenting in the house, no father. He never mentioned a father, just a mother that was on drugs. And prostituting herself and bringing different guys around because she was selling herself and then bringing them home um, not understanding what could have happened to her son so at the age of 13 he became so hard and knew the streets so well he started selling drugs and prostituting his own mother he felt like I'll give her the drugs and I'll line up the John so I always have an eye on her. Do you know how much pain and misery and anger and anguish that 13-year-old boy had to grow into? He might not have realized it right at 13, but you're doing things that grown men of Chicago are doing, you know. And you're doing it to your mom, and you're selling drugs, and you're doing this, and you're only 13. But he had to raise himself. You know why? Because he was an option for his mother. He was not an option for his father. So he didn't even have a parent that said, this is my priority, and the other one said, this is my option. Nope. One said, this is an option, and the other one said, peace out. Can you believe that he's a minister today. He gave his life to Christ. He changed his ways. He survived living that kind of life with nobody that made him in their life a priority. He had nobody that made him a priority. Do me a favor, ladies and gentlemen. If you have a child that has an absent parent become double priority for that kid. You become not only a priority, but a positive force in that child's life. Don't speak negatively about that other parent because they can turn around one day, ask for an apology, and become a better person. But for now, you be the priority in your child's life. Don't have them have an absent parent and you're an optional parent. Don't find the streets and John or Beth more favorable than your child. 
Don't let the drugs ruin your relationship with your children. Don't let alcohol step in and be a parent, you know, when you're drunk, a drunk parent. All that makes your child an option. I'm not saying it's wrong to have a drink. Every blue moon I have a drink. I'm saying don't drink to get drunk in front of your kids and then decide to discipline them or to be a parent. Don't do that. I don't do any kind of drugs like I've said before, but I know there's a lot of weed uh, smokers and I honestly don't see anything wrong with it. And whatever your opinion is about what I just said that you think is wrong, it's okay. I don't see anything wrong with smoking weed. Now the street weed I see people addicted to is a different beast. But that weed they sell in the stores and all that, I guess that's okay. But don't do it with your kids. Matter of fact, I wouldn't even suggest doing it in front of your kids. You know, don't have a different uncle for your kids in the house or a different aunt for your kids in the house every other month. Don't leave your kids with auntie and uncle who you didn't even look up on the sex registry or anything else and you don't know what they do to your kids when you're not around. Now, how many episodes I've seen on TV, these women leave their kids with these men and next thing I know their kids are dead kids been molested how many men have left their kids with these women and the women are jealous of the relationship this man has with his little girl or little boy and now that kid is dead missing or badly abused it's crazy make your children the priority not the option Make the things you want to do outside of your children and taking care of them to the best of your ability the option. You do that, and I promise you, you will have happy kids that grow up knowing they're loved. Now, this podcast took me four settings to do, you guys. I started this morning, and I had to pause because my husband came home, and he had a situation, so I had to stop and talk to him. Then my boss called, I had to do a little work and I had to leave the house and go check on um, some people because I'm a compliance officer. Something was going wrong. I came back, I tried again and I lost my train of thought. You know, I told you I felt moved to do this today and I was interrupted so many times and that's nothing but the devil, man, interrupting me when I'm trying to follow my heart and have these real conversations about real life stuff that's going on not only in my life but other people's lives that reach out to me but for some reason this episode today is really needed by somebody because there are forces that don't want you to hear this but you're going to hear it you're going to hear it anyway because I was resilient and I was persistent today and I was not going to give up now I want to give a big thanks, man, to everybody who shares this podcast because I don't even share it. I don't even share it. I, I, I haven't got to that point yet. But I was looking at the um, analytical um, side of it two days ago, and it brought me to tears. Right now, this podcast is being listened to in Kansas, Missouri, Oklahoma, Texas, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, North Carolina, Virginia, 
Washington, Indiana, Michigan, Illinois, Minnesota, Florida, of course, and Oregon. On top of that, I have people in Belgium listening to this, France listening to this, Valencia listening to this, Moscow is listening to this, Switzerland is listening to this, and the United Kingdom is listening to this with me not sharing this. Do you know how blessed I feel? I honestly feel as though I'm saying something to somebody that's gonna make a difference in their life. Forget me. I've told you before, I'm not on that. Let me outdo somebody else. All I wanna do is something for somebody else. That's it, that's it. When I wrote my books, I didn't write them thinking, man, I'ma sell millions. When people started asking me to come and, and speak all over the United States and in different countries and I'm all over the radio and TV, never once did I think, I'm gonna blow up. All I thought was I hope this helps somebody. I pulled my books off the shelves and still helped countless other people write their books. Countless. I helped other people get started with motivational speaking. You know why? Because sometimes I am just the vessel to get other people to where they're supposed to be. Maybe I wasn't supposed to be a big author. Maybe one of those people who I helped is. Maybe I wasn't supposed to be on the stage all over the world for the rest of my life speaking motivationally. Maybe somebody else was. Maybe this podcast I'm doing is just to bless somebody else. I don't look for the financial gain, y'all. I look for the love and the growth in all of us. And I pray that these podcasts are helping at least one person a podcast. If one person feels, I feel that, I've been there, God, let me stop this, or let me start this, or let me do this different, or let me seek help. Thank you, Jesus, I've done my job. All right, you guys have a beautiful evening. This is 14 hours after I started this podcast, but like I said, I'm not going to stop. All right, have a beautiful night. Love y'all.